Once upon a time, there was a king, and this king was a fantastic planner. He needed to know everything in advance, everything that occurred to him. He wanted to have made sure that it was in his diary before it happened. Indeed, even restful pleasure was scheduled. The king had a place for everything in his day. Nothing was left. Unscheduled, unplanned, his diary followed him around everywhere, held by a courtier, attended to by his chamberlain. The king was so rich, had such power to command and control everything that went on around him, that he left no detail unanticipated. Meals, days in advance, sometimes weeks, were planned to the last detail. Activities that might have brought leisure or pleasure—why, they were perfectly scheduled. Routes of boats were perfectly plotted on the palace pond. Walks through the garden that might have given relaxation and musing time were plotted out in advance. The king would receive the map, and follow it absolutely. Visits with other royalty would be perfectly coordinated. Conversations, as much as is possible, would be anticipated in advance. And as for business, well, the one thing the king liked least of all was having things crop up unexpectedly. Indeed. When something like this would happen, his chamberlain would bustle into the room and say, "Your Majesty, there's been a slight new development, and、um, we're going to schedule it in for、um, half an hour." Good," said the king. "We'll put that in the unknown slot." And there it was. Whatever was unknown was now known. Nothing was a surprise. The king could tell you upon waking, everything that he was going to do that day, and usually the next. The king could, down to the last detail, tell you what he was going to have for lunch, tell you who he was going to meet in the afternoon and for how long, tell you with some certainty how he was going to dress, the changes of clothes that he would undertake, and when exactly he would go to sleep. I don't know how it happened, but somehow or other, one day, the king woke up to find himself on a ship. It was the creaking that did it, the moving, and the shifting. The sense that he was no longer where he was expecting himself to be. Chamberlain. He said upon waking, but the chamberlain was nowhere to be seen. Instead, he found himself in a cabin, a small cabin with a, a tiny porthole, out of which, looking, one could see the sea, moving past. Chamberlain, he said. His pajamas were were nothing like he was expecting. They were of simple cotton. Simple, rough-hewn. Ch- Ch- Chamberlain, Chamberlain. 
Already he could hear the stirring of people in other cabins. He could hear the voices up on deck, none of them familiar. Chamberlain? Suddenly the door burst open, and in walked a man, burly, arms so thick you'd have trouble getting your hands round them, a tattoo on both biceps. What's keeping you? he said. Get up, there's work to be done. And the king, was it the king? Anyway, he got out of bed because, well, orders were orders, and that man looked big, and he was too confused to do anything about it. He saw clothes there. He got them on. He went upstairs, uh, up the rickety steps to the cabin, to the deck. What did he see there? But men working hard in the sun that had been up already for several hours. The ship was a medium-sized clipper and was heaving already on waves that rocked it, through which it was coursing. The sails billowed hard, the wind filled them, and the ship seemed to be sailing with effortless ease. The king, however, had no idea where he was, had no idea how it was he'd found himself here, had no idea what to do next. Here! And all of a sudden, something was thrown at him. He caught it full on his chest and found it to be, well, a small sail. And other men around him, they too had their own and were unravelling it, and so he simply copied what they were doing. And soon as he saw them doing this and that, why, he copied and followed every action that he saw them taking. This was strange, and yet at least it meant that no one would guess that he was totally bewildered. That day passed in a blur. One hard task led to another, and yet the king always knew what to do by just watching, watching around him. Days became weeks. The bewildered king was, well, slowly finding his place, slowly figuring out that, although he had still no idea where he was or why he was there, there were some tasks that he could do now, some tasks that he could undertake without too much difficulty. In fact, after some weeks, and was it even months, he knew his way round that ship quite perfectly. But that was when the crew, the crew around him, began dying. Who knows what it was? Some lack of vitamin C or something else even worse. But one by one, they keeled over and died. So that the king increasingly found himself needing to do tasks that had been done before by many men. Until now, he was indeed the only person on the ship. By the time the very last sailor had died... It was just the king sailing. 
and who knows how or why. Perhaps that ship had been so well maintained that it only needed one person now to sail it. Who knows how it happened? Maybe some magic. The king found that he was perfectly able to sail it all on his own. The only question was where indeed he was going. Because whenever he'd asked this question, the sailors around him had simply said, Oh, east, we're going east. There's something marvellous we're going to find there. And he hadn't managed to get any more detail out of them. Well, what else should he do but sail east? Every day where the sun would rise, that would be his destination. All through the day, he would do all he could to keep himself set on that course. Compasses, stars, whatever he had to hand, he would ensure that the ship was sailing ever east. And indeed, as the time went by, this certainty itself was reassuring. Just this knowing that he was always heading in the right direction. Even though he had, to be honest, no idea why, or no idea what for, he knew at least that that was where this ship was supposed to be heading, and he, as its captain, was seeking to bring it there. Months rolled by, until he wasn't sure, really, of any passage of time. One day followed another. The sea was at times rough and then calm. Whales came. Dolphins would swim by. And each day it would be east. East. And in all this time, the king, who was now the captain, felt in him some slow recognition that this actually was what he'd always wanted. This knowing that he was indeed going where he was supposed to be going. That everything that happened was just right. Somehow there was a reassurance there that every day going to bed in his little cabin, with the ship set on its course up there above him, he would have this sense of most perfect rest and ease, that in all his times of planning every last detail of his life he had never had. And he began to bless the day that he woke up on that ship began to bless the day that all the scheduling and the planning had become well beyond him. Began to bless the day that the sea had become his master, the sea and the light glowing in the morning. I do not know how it happened, 
but with the passage of time, the king sank into a way of being that was not far short of blissful. Every day he would know that he would be in perfectly the right direction, that everything that he did that day would be exactly what was needed. His needs would be taken care of. He would have all the food and the drink on board that he needed. Time passed, and he went to bed each day knowing that he had done just what he needed to do. And the sea, in some way, became not merely his master, but his teacher. The glowing sky in the morning became not merely his destination, but his beloved. Until, day by day, cycle by cycle, the king sank deeper into that place of rest and knowing that all in his life was just as it should be. And then one morning he woke up and found himself where? Why, back in his palace, of course. One morning that seemed to have been the morning that he had expected to wake up upon. Nothing had changed. The entire palace was just as he'd remembered it being the last time he'd seen it. It was as if no time had passed at all. Chamberlain? Your Majesty! The Chamberlain was already in the room before he'd hardly spoken, and without so much as a how was your rest, he had already presented him with the first three hours of scheduled time. And so, at eleven o'clock... Stop! said the King. Just, 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 wait, wait a minute! Where exactly did the sun rise this morning, Chamberlain? Your Majesty? Where is east? I've never really taken that in. Um, but just let me think. Well, by the greenhouse, Your Majesty. And it just so happened that that was, well, just out of the Majesty's window. There. Just across the garden, a little way. There was the greenhouse, and, well, yes, of course, that was where the sun rose. Good, said the king. Listen, could you just postpone everything this morning? What? said the chamberlain. It postpone? But, but you have you have two eggs waiting for you at breakfast. Yes, yeah, yeah, but just could you just 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 leave it out? I mean, just well, uh, I am not hungry. Hungry? When did hunger have anything to do with breakfast? You have two eggs and toast sticks and just. Just leave the whole thing, said the king, and and in and in fact the whole morning. Just blow it off. But your Majesty, you have um, you have your croquet match, and you're scheduled to um, to win it two one. The king stared at the chamberlain, and felt pity in that moment. Pity that the poor man would have been driven to such a pitch of. Idiotic work. 
Chamberlain, he said. I am changing the schedule. This morning, I'm going to sit here. And you are going to take the morning off. But, but, no buts, said the king. Just go. Tell everyone that they're to do something else this morning. Whatever they please. I am just going to sit here. And so he sat. He sat all morning. Gazing at the sky. Beyond the garden. Where the sun had risen. And the longer he gazed. The more he realised. That there was a course that his life had already been following, that he had known nothing about in all that time. There was a course that his life had been following that was perfect in every sense, no alteration needing, no changes, no plans, no schedules. He sat there not just for the morning, but for the whole day. And by the time he'd gone to bed, why, he had the sense that he'd had on ship, on board. He had the sense that that day he had sailed with the wind of his own life and done so perfectly. I do not know how the days went from then on for the king. I do not know if he spent every day from then on till the rest of his life gazing into the east. But I do know that he never scheduled another thing again. His chamberlain was, well, found other work. Habits like that are very hard to break. But now instead, his secretary would come up every day and say, Your Majesty, is there anything you'd like to do today? And the king would gaze into the east and it would come to him. I do not know what it would be, sailing a balloon or paddling a canoe, dealing with the matters of state or running a marathon. Whatever it was that day that the East told him, the king would do it, and would go to bed that day with the most perfect sense that he had done what was his to do. I do not know how it happened, but the kingdom ran somehow smoothly. Whatever needed to be done, the king would do it or delegate it. Whatever needed to be done would happen somehow in the right time. The things just seemed to occur just there and then as if they were meant to be there. People found this true for them just as much as it had been for the king. 
rain fell, wind blew, sun shone, and everything was just perfect.